On this Air Check episode, our guest is WEBN Cincinnati morning host, Kid Chris. Yeah, it's the second of a two-part Air Check session where Kid Chris tells us about his Philadelphia run at WISP that almost included replacing Howard Stern and almost included replacing David Lee Roth. You'll hear Stern call into his show to give Chris support. Chris will also talk about the time the FBI was listening, his current eight-year tenure in Cincinnati at WEBN, and more. Here we go. Welcome to Aircheck Season 2, a podcast about radio's personality. From radio personalities, managers, consultants, owners, and your most humble hosts from Philadelphia, Rich DeSisto and Paul Kelly. Hey, this is Rich DeSisto. And I'm Paul Kelly. We are thrilled to bring you Part 2 of our Aircheck Session with an air talent who's been at it since 1998. He's been carving his creative path across the country in radio cities large and larger with his own brand of radio that gets attention. Some of the places where he drew attention, KSET Wichita, KSFM and KXOA Sacramento, KSRX San Antonio, WISP Philadelphia, KUFO Portland, WKLS Atlanta, and currently WEBN Cincinnati. Each story and radio stop gets better and better. And he knows how to roll with the changes in radio. Here are just a few things we learned from Kid Chris in episode one. All my life growing up, we used to prank call radio shows or prank call our friends and all that stuff and record. I mean, I still got cassettes like crazy. And I heard a guy on the radio doing it on a top 40 station. His name is Bill Keeler. I got a call at like four in the morning from the board ops screaming at me into the phone. He's like, Stern's playing your O.J. Simpson prank call. Radio there was so different because they weren't privy to what was going on elsewhere. Elsewhere. So I knew I could go there and push it a little bit more. And being on at night, the management's not listening, so I had more wiggle room. And it was one of the greatest jobs I ever had because I found myself on that radio station. It was great. I actually had done a few late night shifts on YSP when he had opportunities for me to go in and do. But he, I, he didn't want me to say my name or anything because he didn't want to stir stuff up. So whatever, I didn't care. He ended up flipping one of the radio stations in San Antonio to a rock station. He was the rock brand manager, so he placed us in San Antonio. Thomas was uh, a guy that worked in promotions at the rap station. He was only available in the morning. And I said, hey man, if you want to be an intern on the morning show, I'll take you in a second. And he came on. Hey, it's me, Kid Chris, and you're listening to uh, Paul and Rich, and this is Air Check. How about it once again? for Kid Chris. Here we go again. Yeah, well, this is kind of right up your alley, though. You're used to this. Yeah, right. Uh, Where we left off in part one of this two-part air check session was San Antonio. So let's recap a little. You talked about how Tim Sabian, program director at WISP in Philadelphia and rock brand manager for Infinity Broadcasting, heard you on Stern during your hiatus, uh, put you in San Antonio. But during that period, you did some stealth shows on YSP. But talk about how that move to San Antonio eventually ended up bringing you to Philadelphia and WISP. Well, I, I mean, um, I was loving San Antonio. I mean, I met my wife there. The weather is awesome. Someday I'll get back there. And we had a good thing going. And every once in a while, I'd fly to New York. And I would do, I still do the, you know, it was still the same company. I would do the Stern Show. And then one day, I start getting uh, calls on my phone while I'm on the air that uh, Howard just announced that he's leaving and going to satellite. Well, Sirius sat me down and they said, look, you're, our, you're everything to this business. You're the one who can change it. Mm-hmm. 
you're the one who can bring people and say, and by the way, they have the NFL and all that stuff, and that's great. But the, the fact of the matter is, in order for it to become a real business, it has to have something that belongs to it and not everybody else. Now, I, I mean, I haven't even told my parents this news yet. I was tempted to tell them, but they told me that you can't because it could affect the stock price. Mm -hmm. That um, if I breathed the word of this to anyone and they went out and bought serious stock, then I would be joining You'd Martha, be Stewart. Martha Stewart. That makes, that makes sense. Right. So that is why I apologize. I'm sorry you didn't tell me, though. I could have. So Robert didn't know. <laughs> no. No one knew. So t this is my big No problem. one knows. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and next thing you know, I get off the air and I've got me, I'm in the program director's office and people are already calling and saying, oh, we got to start thinking about plans and all that stuff. And I, I honestly was happy where I was, but you know, I'm still young. I'm thinking, oh, that's a big market. Still a big market. So they, uh, had a guy come to town, one of the execs, and asked me, uh, where where do you want to work? We have all these holes that we're going to have to start filling. I said, it's funny. I said, Sacramento or Philadelphia? Uh, and uh, it was, uh, obviously, it was, uh, it was Philadelphia. So what was really funny was my agent at the time had Adam Carolla as well. And he was like, well, I want to get you on with Adam here in L.A. They wanted me to go out there and try out with him and stuff. I said, I'm not, I have my guys. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to bail out. If that show fails or starts failing, whatever, who's the first to go? Not Adam. <laughs> and I didn't want to go out there and, and, and try out with them. And they were actually to the point where they were going to fly Adam to San Antonio uh, to sit in with us. And I was like, that ain't happening. <laughs> so it didn't. Then it ended up being where um, they were breaking up all the you know, the territories and having their own shows or whatever. And um, at first, it was uh, there was first rumblings of, well, what about mornings in Philadelphia? I said, never, never, ever, ever. I'm not going to be the fall guy after that. No way. You mean you didn't want to be the guy to replace Howard Stern? That's it. I remember Tim calling me going, what about afternoons? Done. I'll do it. Don't have to get up. I don't have to. It, all of it's not on my shoulders. Whoever goes in the mornings, they fail. I could be the hero. And who, who knew it was going to be David Lee Roth? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I knew it was going to be David Lee Roth going into it. And uh, yeah, I, I knew I was privy to what, what the plans were. So David Lee it Roth was, uh, and the Free FM uh, uh, plan, you knew all that going into it? No, I, I, didn't, I didn't know about the Free FM thing until the day before. I mean, that's fast forwarding, but we went into, we were doing our show. We were on five to eight at the time because Cousin Ed was on in afternoons. And I guess there were, you know, contract things or whatever. And I got off the air. Management was still in the building. I was like, this is weird. And pulled in and I had to sign paperwork talking about, you know, don't, we're not, don't mention what the, the format's going to be in 24 hours, or whatever. But it was, uh, you're not playing any more music tomorrow afternoon. Uh, you're on at three and no more music. And I thought, oh, okay, well, here we go again. <laughs> And then the next morning, I woke up to how we're talking about this new format. It's garbage. It's going to fail. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is my life. <laughs> Thanks for swinging the bat. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. All this, this freedom thing is groovy. Freedom thing is groovy. If we're going to learn anything about ourselves, we've got, we've got to loosen up. We've got to free ourselves. Free FM 94.1. W-Y-S-P. I, I I was scared. I thought, uh, I, you know, I told my mom, keep that room clean. <laughs> <laughs> and your frequent flyer miles on JetBlue. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it was a scary time, man. Everybody was panicked. I mean, and rightfully so. The cash cow is leaving. What's going to happen? Um, and to this day, 
Radio companies have learned instead of uh, creating great talent and uh, having a lot of cash cows, they just won't allow one at all. (laughs) They don't want to be heard again. So true. So they've learned that lesson. So, all right. So here you are. I'm guessing it's August, end of summer, 2005, when uh, you first became uh, from the Kid Chris Show, first launched uh, afternoons on YSP. Uh, If I remember correctly, was there... Was there a Kid Chris birthday uh, concert with Audio Slave at the uh, one of the local sheds that fall? Does that ring a bell? Yeah, it wasn't a. Um, it was still. We were still. Yeah, Tim was still there, so we were still playing music, and we were on at five, five to eight. So. And when you say Tim, you mean Tim Sabian, program director at YSP. Yep. Um, I was living at a place in Chesterbrook, and I I didn't have furniture yet, so it, I just had a sleeping bag on the floor. And he called me. I had a phone on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, uh, we're bringing Audio Slave, and it's going to be your coming out party to YSP. And I was like, okay. And uh, he was like, you don't sound excited. And I was like, well, I'm not really a fan of, of uh, Audio Slave. <laughs> Do you want to be scared? Good. Because 94 WYSP's Kid Chris Halloween Freak Fest featuring Audio Slave. It's either. And 30 Seconds to Mars will leave you lifeless. October 28th at the Tweeter Center. Tickets are going fast for this show. So, I mean, and that was all before the, the free FM stuff was even announced. I mean, this was still, we were still the rock station and Howard was just leaving and nobody knew what was happening because Tim was still there. Tim left yeah. before the, the free FM thing. Yeah, I, I, if I remember correctly, Tim left the the week or two after free FM actually launched uh, and went to satellite radio with Howard. If I'm not, yes. if I'm not mistaken, yeah. He called me late the night before and said, I need to talk to you tomorrow morning. I thought, oh, that's it. And I kept trying to ask him, like, am I getting fired? What, what happened? What's going on? And he's like, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. And then when I walked in the building, everybody was already saying, well, Tim's leaving. So I was like, okay, well, that's that. Got another scary time. It's like, well, this is the guy that brought me into this company. And <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> You'll be great. I'm leaving. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it was. I'm like, oh, man. If Joel wasn't there and I wasn't there and you just had Philly, what would you have done? Would you I would have taken Preston right on? Preston, Preston and Steve, I would have hired them. From them MMR. On. Because in Mel's world, it was always, and he would beat this into our head, you know, hire somebody with a ratings, a proven ratings track record of success. It right. was real simple. And I would go for somebody that a proven ratings track record of success. And you couldn't have number one. Well, you know what? Number two looks awful good. And uh, if Howard, you couldn't have him, then you know what? I want the next best thing, which was Preston and Steve, Kid Chris. And Do you think they should have done that in every market? They should have just like tried to find I, someone local, who had... I, I can't speak on behalf of all the other markets, but I think the individual programmers knew their individual markets better than anyone else did. You know, And from my point of view, I think the company was being managed from the top down rather than you know letting it brew from the bottom up. So here you are. It's free FM. You're not sure about your your future at YSP in Philadelphia. Uh, Howard finally leaves, I think, at the end of that year. And then David Lee Roth goes on the air shortly after that in the new year of 2006. Um, at that point, you must have had a little bit of security that, OK, they're, they're going to re reshuffle the deck here and, and put that uh, put those bookends or you are you're part of the bookends of that security moving forward into the new year. You, you had to have some more security at that point. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't have security because uh, I, I was 
I was still afraid and everybody was afraid because nobody knew what was going to happen. I didn't think the station was going to, you know, survive. You know, I mean, just, just the money alone that I'm sure that went out the door after Howard did. And, and here's a radio station that had all morning shows all day long, essentially. I mean, full staffs. It's like, that's a, that's a lot of money. And I loved afternoon. I didn't want to, I, this was it. I didn't want to do anything else. You know, I was happy doing the show in that time slot. Because the way I figured is if people are listening to Howard on satellite, he's off the air. If people are listening to Preston and Steve uh, in the morning, they're off the air. If they're listening to, you know, I don't know who the, who the other guys were in, the, in town or whatever. But if they're listening to these other morning shows, I'm in afternoons. You can either listen to sports radio or us. And YSP was a beast. And I'm sure out of curiosity, people are tuning in because Howard's not there anymore. It's like, well, what are they doing now? So I'm like, okay, here's my opportunity just to get everybody who likes stuff in the morning to listen to us on the drive home. I feel it worked. And uh, we had a good reaction. I've never had a, 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 a reaction like that since or before. It seemed to have been working. And I didn't want to mess with that because everything was thin ice. <laughs> so in a way, you were kind of living in your own bubble thinking, all right, I, I have I have the edge on this drive time as opposed to being yes. up against the other morning shows. And who cares if I'm not you know, replacing Howard Stern? Who cares right. if David Lee Roth isn't really cutting through? I have an opportunity here to really take this show to the next level. Yeah, I wasn't... I, 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 the whole replacing Howard thing or replacing the guy to replace Howard thing what was out of my head i was the kid chris show in afternoons that was it leave me out of all the other stuff and i was nervous because it if some, something was going good i mean obviously they would come to you and say hey we need to make some changes you got to move the mornings i didn't want to mess with that and also you know i i, I didn't want to i just it was working i was protective of it and i wanted to keep that job it's kind of like if a uh, i don't know if a, like a, an alligator is hurt in a corner and if you go near it, it just lashes out. I mean, that's what I was like. Anything, any critique, anything happening with the show, anything, I would just lash out. <laughs> One of the great things about you getting into Philadelphia is you were able to bring your your staff with you. Yes. You know, from, from Thomas to Constantine to Brad the Intern, uh, all these folks. And you know, your show assembled uh, assembled ensemble. It, it, it uh, came as it was packaged. You didn't have to re develop a show you're you guys could hit the ground running and the the beauty was you know with with radio stations they own your content or whatever i was still in the same company so from sacramento to san antonio and then into philly all the bits from the past that worked i came to town to philadelphia with basically polished bits that i knew worked. so we sprinkled them in throughout the show i had a grid i knew what times I was going to play stuff and i used those bits to to introduce to the philadelphia audience brad and with his bits they were already done uh larry from high school that was from wichita in 1999 we had scripts galore i had canned phoners all it went right into the bits and then open mic came from san antonio we had all his bits and his funny stories from san antonio because to me we could have relived and told all those stories again but it wouldn't be as funny as in, as organic as when it happened the first time so i'm like well why don't i just play those tapes you know so that's what we did and it's funny because it's a double-edged sword because a lot of people from Philadelphia will still hit me up and say, oh, I remember that time when Mike did this and Mike did that. And that was a tape from San Antonio. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so we, we hit the ground running with the greatest hits. 
You know, and I learned that from from comics, watching comics take their bits to open mic nights. I would see them do their, these routines several times and then shave off things and, and then build build upon the joke. And I'm like, well, I could do that. I own this stuff. This, this is my stuff. I'm going to bring it. If it's good, I'm bringing it. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm not going to. I'm too, I'm, I'm better than that. That already happened. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go back to it. Screw, I'm doing it. I'm playing these tapes. They work. They're funny. And then obviously we could build from there and get uh, be ahead of ourselves, you know? So uh, while, while we're playing old tapes, I'm banking up new stuff. So we were always relevant. The air check session that doesn't make you squirm in your seat. Or maybe it does. More to come. Your radio experiences are welcome here. Ready to share? Email aircheckme at gmail.com. To join Rich DeSisto and Paul Kelly on Aircheck, a podcast about radio's personality from radio personalities. All right, so now it's early January 2006, and the David Lee Roth Show debuts. FM mornings six to ten. David Lee Roth. I support rights for everything: women's rights, animal rights, children's rights, immigration rights, same-sex marriage, as long as both chicks look hot. Roth live six a.m. eight six six three one three three seven three three. Give us a call. So we're on the we're on the internet. We're international. www was that three of them? Did I actually say three? <laughs> Does it matter anymore? No, there's a lot of W's. There's a and there's a davidleeroth.com. You can get it there or the David Lee Roth show, and you run the words all together like uh, the last Rolling Stones record or a racehorse name. dot com. Give us a call eight six six three one three three seven three three. You know what? You want to go to the real track on this? Sure. Go shut this down, yeah, yeah. man, and go okay. to the real track all there. Right. Be young. Are you with me, man? Can oh, I hear yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Give us one time here, because I got the schoolboy crush. Swing it up here, man. Okay, here we go. Fast forward a few months later, I think it was in the spring. Well, and the experiment didn't work, right? But then again, who wants to be the show to replace Howard Stern? Even you yourself said, not in a million years. Yes. It's a big sell for anybody. Uh, but management had other in- innovative ideas, though, at this point. They wanted to bring the Opie and Anthony show back that had had already been fired from terrestrial radio because of a sensitive bit gone wrong in a church, the infamous Sex for Sam bit. Uh, but they had since found a home on satellite radio, and the plan was to bring just portions of the ONA satellite show back to terrestrial radio, back to WYSP in that morning's time slot to replace now David Lee Roth. How did that move affect the Kid Chris show? Loved it 110% because that was dealt with, you know? And at the time, it was like a one-two punch. I mean, people were excited when they were coming back, you know? And we were getting established. It put me a little bit more at ease because it was like, okay, if they're doing this, they're putting they're stuff behind the radio station. So it, it was great. And it lasted a long time, if I remember correctly. I mean, I don't know when it started and when it ended. But during that time, we ended up syndicating into Pittsburgh during that. And that was like an, an explosion and one of the worst decisions ever. <laughs> How did that go down? Talk a little bit about that. It's like a uh, wet fart. Yeah, it was exactly. It was it was out of nowhere. And at the time, I think the CEO was Joe Hollander at the time. And he, and he just stood right in front of me and tapped his fingers on my shoulders. He said, I'm putting you on in Pittsburgh. And I was like, okay. And I said, do they know about this? <laughs> just don't make me move there. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. 
uh, and he was like, they're going to know about it. And I was like, okay. And then uh, I think within a week, they popped us on. And I knew there was trouble because, and this was my first, who doesn't want to be syndicated? I mean, at the time, it was like, okay, this gives you a little bit more of a safety net. You know, you're on two stations. That means they're not going to whack you because they need you. But I knew there was trouble with it when I, I wanted to go to Pittsburgh and meet the staff and all that stuff. And they were like, nah, we're good. Oh. <laughs> I mean, and there was a time where we would uh, Howard called into our show, and the Pittsburgh station just took took us off the air and went to music, and it, it was a whole uh, it was good controversy on the radio, but uh, it didn't do anybody any favors. This is Chris. Yeah. Oh man, this is weird. <laughs> Why is it weird? Well, because I, I, you know, your organization is very is probably as screwed up as mine. Yeah, well, that's what it is. I just see your name up there, and I just stopped a bit to go to you. By the way, uh, Chris is doing. Chris hasn't introduced who I am. This is Howard Stern. <laughs> yeah. uh, now I'm persona non grata, except on Chris's show. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not. I'm the most. I'm not the most beloved guy over there. But uh, <laughs> neither are we right now. No, you know what happened now? <laughs> well, I know having you on. I'm sure I'll get hell for it. How Did dare you? Check with anyone that uh, you have me. On? No, dude, if you, you know, if you ask, That's how I did it. Yeah, if you ask, they'll say no. I was like kind of surprised when you asked me to come on because I was like, well, what the hell do you need that aggravation for? No. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll talk about something that someone will object to, but I don't know. I used to fight with uh, our general manager over everything they dumped out of my show, and I did that for years. I get a memo every day sent to me with everything they dumped, and it was so upsetting to me. I just stopped looking at it. Yeah, and I said, you know, I don't need to know what they dump, and because it makes me feel like everything we said that was funny was cut out it's even worse now yeah i know you tell me how miserable you are well i don't know if i go that far <laughs> i forgot no 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 yeah you're happy <laughs> no doubt the things you were doing 10 or 15 years ago would not fly in today's radio environment and you talked about how the philly listeners continue to contact you referencing bits that you replayed pre-recorded from other markets that you weaved into the presentation of the show as if they were happening in real time but there is one bit that i can attest to that you guys did do in real time in philadelphia because a portion of the bit was set up right outside my production studio the studio slip and slide well, I mean, yeah, I mean, at the time it was like, well, this is what we got to do. We're doing this kind of stuff. And um, I, I lived way outside of town and in, in Chesterbrook driving in, it was like over an hour in the car on that, that God awful Schuylkill uh, uh, highway there. <laughs> Nothing uh, express about it. Yes. Right. <laughs> and I would just sit in there and just think of stuff, think of stuff. I didn't listen to radio. I would just listened to my, my rap CDs or whatever I had in a car and I would just think of stuff. And I thought, well, we're friends with Gina Lynn, who is like the, the local adult film star. And she was friends with the show and stuff. And I thought we should do something with her in the studio and maybe do like, uh, and I thought, well, why don't we do like a slip and slide in the studio? Here she goes. Oh, KY oh, slip and slide. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, she Are you okay? You all right? Wow. Okay. I remember talking about it with the promotions people. And it was like, well, we can't use KY, but we could use, uh, it was just body oil, whatever that was. It was, that, that's all it was. It was just sheets of plastic in the studio and, and her running. And it was on that solid floor too. And we did it for years after that. And we would just produce it more of, uh, we would put the, the, the foam on the bottom. So when these girls would run and hit the, the floor, it wouldn't hurt them as much, you know. <laughs> and it became more of a production where we would, listeners would earn seats to come watch it and whatnot. And then we ended up taping them at night. Well, a lot of people don't know this. We would pre-record them at night so we could take our time with it and videotape it as well. Again, we were like kind of like the only ones really doing video stuff at the time. And we would produce it 
interview the girls and all that stuff. And it was more of a package pre-recorded at night. And then while it was airing, we could get the video up online and activate it right away so people could go and watch it right away. So you had all this great fun happening in the, the late afternoon, then the nighttime, you're pre-producing some of this stuff. Then all of a sudden the, uh, the call comes at, uh, Chris, you're gone to the morning show now. Yeah. Well, it was, it was a couple studio visits after the show of, you know, what will it take to go to mornings? What will it take? And I said, I don't want to, I mean, you guys have your, your, your show. Why, why another change? What do we, what I fought it. And I didn't want to do it. Well, I want to hear how your negotiation skills have improved by this point. Well, I had an agent at the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I knew what was going to be, what we were going up against. I knew what it was going to be. And we were on yeah. in afternoons and getting the, you know, even if it was little pieces from every morning show in town, you know, and then we started, we were, we were just getting into podcasting. And my concern was, well, they're just going to get the show later and listen to it in the afternoon. They're going to listen to their favorite morning show and then get us later on the afternoon on tape. So what's the difference? I don't know. I fought it and I fought it. Then I sold out and that's all it was. It was just a, it was the money. It was, uh, uh, it was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. It was the it was probably one of the biggest where I let I just I wasn't thinking I should have said no I'm not doing this. Tell us about the directive. Once uh, it was you know, decided you're going to do mornings, you have to go against you know, the number one morning show in Philadelphia, Preston and Steve on WMMR. Sick them, go get them. Yeah. Was that it? Well, yes, and it, they weren't just the number one morning show in in the market. I mean, they were uh, they, they still are. They were a behemoth. Yeah, we were in our own world. I didn't listen to anybody else. I just didn't. I would get up, you know, and start re- getting ready for my show. It was my world. That was what was so beautiful. I didn't have to worry about what anybody else was doing because it was either music or the the sports radio, and that was it. And you're talking about the landscape of the Philly market at the time, right? You had Preston and Steve on top, other music morning shows and sports, and then there was the Kid Chris show, right? Yeah, um, I'm not going to compete with the sports radio. I don't know anything about that. So that was, you know, whatever we got. You got to go in there. It, I was like the enforcer for like a, a hockey team. It was like, okay, just go in there and start fighting people. Okay. The goon. You know, because I, I sold out. That's what it was. And they fed into, uh, do this. do Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And I was like, okay, okay. It felt good because they were behind the show. And they told me, go as long as you want. If you want to go to 11, go to 11. If you want to go to, to noon, go to noon. And I felt, this is awesome. That's great. And then, you know, we, we did it. But because it was so, do what you want. It, I, I can't listen to those shows. There was no direction. I look at some run sheets when we were getting prepared for this thing. And I look at run sheets. I'm like, God, this whole show, all we did was rip on President Steve. You know, if anybody's listening, they're going, hey, man, I already chose you. Why, I already chose you. I don't, why do you got to tell me about not listening to them? I don't care. And anybody who is listening to them is like, well, he's an a-hole. I'm not going to listen to him. All he does is crap on them. So it was wrong. And I didn't have any direction, I guess. But that, yeah, I shouldn't have done it. It was uh, it was a dumb thing. I abandoned uh, the kingdom. It was it was gold. I made it. It was mine. You know, we're on in the middle of the day. People on the West Coast could call in. It's at four o'clock in the morning. You know, we could call celebrities at home. We could do whatever we wanted. And I could go home and watch TV and and, and watch Grey's Anatomy at the time. <laughs> but it was a mistake. This is an Air Check Rewind. Season one, Eddie Trunk. Uh, Johnny showed up at the door unannounced. 
with a bag under his arm. And I said, what are you doing here, man? What's going on? And uh, he said to me, uh, I, I got a band. I need you to play. I, I need people to hear this band. I can't get arrested with them. I put my whole life on the line, my money on the line, my house on the line for this band. I need to tell them they got played on the radio. I was like, well, leave it. I'll check it out after you leave. I'll let you know what I think. And he goes, no, no, you don't understand. I need you to play it now. And I said, okay, what is this band? And the record he pulled out was Metallica to Kill Them All. Air Check, a podcast about radio's personality from radio personalities. Seasons one and two available now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Let's talk about the social media space, because in those early days of the 2000s, online really started to become essential to radio stations. And and we all know the power of the Facebooks and the Instagrams of the world today. But back then, stations and shows started using the tools beyond instant messages and email, which was really what was available. And like you said, you were taping videos of bits at night and then running the audio back the next day as if it was live to ensure that the video would be posted on your website quickly and made available within minutes. But you actually started an internet version of the Kid Chris show in between your time in Philly and your eventual run in Portland, right? It was starting to pick up. That kind of stuff was happening. I thought we should do internet. We should do like a, a, a streaming show. And I knew I could, I knew a company I could get with and, and make it happen. And I, I didn't want to do it at home because I didn't want it to sound like it was at home. You know, I'm a big fan of the Beastie Boys and they had, they put out an album and it just tanked and I was in the tank. So I thought, what, what did they do? They went, they had money. They went to LA and they built the studio and they built skateboard ramps and they did whatever they wanted. They recorded when they wanted, wanted to, they did whatever they wanted on their time. And I thought we should do that. I love radio. I'll get imaging done for our show. We'll go on in afternoons where we were at our best. I thought, I don't want to pre-record it. We'll do it live. We'll stream it and do it live and we'll build a studio. We'll have some cameras in there and whatnot. We did it. And we went live every day from three to five Eastern time and took calls. And it was, it was some of the funnest stuff ever. We talked about whatever we did whatever we wanted. We didn't chase the, the curse words and all that stuff because people expected that. And I didn't want, you know, it was great. And, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't figure out a way at the time of how to make money. We crashed servers with, you know, people downloading the podcast and all that stuff, which is fine, but we couldn't figure out a way yet at that time of monetizing a podcast, like putting it behind a paywall and stuff. Nobody really knew how to do that yet. And we fell back into the safety net of radio. And that's when Portland came calling. Portland, a unique radio <laughs> town and, uh, uh, and, a, and a group of unique radio listeners. And you guys arrive on the scene. I love the, the, the staff there. I still have friends there and stuff that I worked with. But it was a very dark time. And honestly, it, I look back now, it was important stuff that happened in my life. It was the first time I ever bought a home. It was uh, when I had a child. happened in Portland. I realized with the weather and stuff and my life changing, that I had a severe depression. <laughs> so I looked into all that stuff. I learned all that stuff about me when I was out in Portland. It was it was a struggle to the point where Thomas even quit the show out there and I was doing it with a new, whole new staff. Wow. It got that bad and it was miserable. It was it was it was horrific and it was mornings. <laughs> 
But even while you were there, you made some headlines. A local radio host hit on a topic that earned him a visit from the Secret Service. It all happened yesterday morning during the Kid Chris show. The topic of counterfeit money came up and callers started giving their input. Well, during the discussion, Kid Chris talked about how to bleach paper money. And agents say he even bleached actual money while on the air, which is a federal offense. What the host didn't know was that some very important people were listening and the Secret Service met with him after he went off the air. Chris was not on his show this morning and the program director says they've received numerous calls about the incident, many in support of the host. It was just a, it, it was just a dopey discussion on the radio. And then uh, I, I believe he brought up the bleach. Uh, I never bleached money or anything. And I was like, does that work? Like, did they really bleach? Like, is it bleached? And then do they draw the m- money on there? I mean, it was a whole thing that was in my head. So as a goof, we had our intern like rubbing money with bleach. And it doesn't work. It's stupid. And then next thing I know, there's a, on the phone screen, it says, you know, an FBI agent on the phone or whatever. And I thought, this is some clown just calling in to be a, a, a joke, you know. So I blew it off. I blew it off. Then the front desk dude named Lavender, he comes running down. And he's like, there's a, there's guys here. They want to talk to you. And I'm like, knock it off. And no, no, it's real. It's real. It's real. And I blew it off. And then it was time for us to get off the air. And our program director came into the show. And he goes, no, it's, it's real. They're here. And I'm like, well, I'm not coming off the air. You know, and they wouldn't come on with me and stuff. I'm like, well, I'm not leaving. I'm going to stay on. <laughs> you know, so eventually I ended up just coming off the air. And there's two legitimate dudes standing in my office, suits and everything. And they were super, no jokes. But they were like, we understand. But, you know, once we get that call, we have to act on it. And he told me what was going on and how much of a, I mean, that's a federal offense and all that stuff. And, you know, he's like that. You can't be doing that stuff and all that because that will, I, I imagine it would send alerts to people. Oh, this, let's do this. You know what I mean? I don't know. But uh, it was a regular discussion. I said, look, I'm sorry. I was just doing a regular a radio bit, which is true on the air. I, I just, it was me thinking out loud and we thought it'd be kind of funny. And they were cool with it. They gave me a little FBI coin. I have it still as a memento. And, and that was that. Now, my family was still in Texas and my wife had just given birth to my oldest uh, at the time, Grace. And I was going home that weekend to see them. I was flying home and I get out, I'm changing planes in, in Dallas and the big programming guy named Scott Mahalik calls me. And I'm like, uh, here we go. And I pick up the phone and he just goes, you're a genius. And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, the FBI was here, all this stuff. He goes, this is great. Cause he's a madman. He is a, a, a he is a genius. And I go, well, what do you, what do you, what do you think? And he goes, well, where are you? I said, I'm in, I'm in Dallas. And uh, we were talking about stuff and I go, well, maybe because the news was calling at the time and stuff. I said, well, maybe am I suspended? Am I going to take, you know, maybe we should, I should come off the air to kind of build this stuff up. We were a new show. Let's get it, you know, let's stir it up, I guess. They took me off the radio. I was really in Texas for my, you know, visiting my family. And uh, they put all this stuff up on the website that I've been suspended and all that. And it just kind of stirred it up. And it was a fun little, you know, I don't think I ever told that story on the radio about how we kind of manufactured the aftermath of it. But it, it seemed to work, uh, I guess, as far as publicity, but it didn't spark any kind of help with the show at all. Yeah. I mean, things were changing. I mean, as, as, a, as a radio guy, getting on the news was supposed to be a big deal. Oh, your name's in the paper. That's a big deal. 
it means nothing. That's one thing I could say about Portland, Oregon, is they were kind of more advanced as far as the technology, where it was, you know, they got their news from their phone. They didn't buy newspapers. It was all that. Blogs were like a big deal as far as like, well, this guy's got a big blog. It was like, what? You know, I'm on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but I started noticing that at, to the point I had this idea and I made this thing in uh, Photoshop and it was at the time of when Tiger Woods was in all his trouble. And I made this picture. It was a picture of Tiger Woods and on the top, it just said, I'm sorry in big letters. And then on the bottom, it said that Kid Chris is on 101K UFO in Portland. Yeah. <laughs> and I sent it to that guy, Scott Mahalik, who is a genius. And he goes, I'm putting this in the paper, full page. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah. I hope we get sued. This is going to be awesome. And I still have it. I mean, it's not hanging on my wall. It's this big, huge, full page of what I told you. Full page in the sports section of the newspaper. Nothing. Wow. Nothing. And right then, I mean, because every city I've worked, I take a little bit of what I, you know, of what you learn. I'm like, right then I realized, you know, Chase and getting on the news, if anything, they're just going to try to trash you. They're not going to help you out at all. Or getting in the newspaper. All that means nothing anymore this is this is all internet based it's social media that's where it is so what did you do to change what how did you modify your approach from that point understanding that and seeing that that wasn't working anymore that it was all social media what what did you do as as the leader of the show maybe you know in in concert with the general manager you know what did you end up doing he went to atlanta yeah no well it was i, I mean i twitter and facebook that's what it was all about at that time. And podcasting, Twitter, Facebook, and podcasting. As a matter of fact, at the time I was on in Portland, this is another thing nobody knows. I had a website and a guide that helped me with this where in the coding of the website, if you were in a different time zone than Portland, you got a different web page. So if you went to kidgrits.com, you got a web page that went to a podcast page where if you wanted my podcast, you had to pay 10 bucks a month to get it. So if you were in a different time zone, they got that. But if you were in Portland, you just got the regular radio station website. So my podcast was only available for outside the West Coast, the time zone on the browser, and you would have to pay to download the podcast. So I was making some money on the podcast, going back to what we talked about earlier with the, uh, you know, doing the internet show and trying to figure out a way to do it. I was doing that and, and experimenting with that while I was working in radio still. That during that time in Portland, it was running itself, getting some dough on the side. It was kind of cool. Then when we came off the radio in Portland, it was like three months between there and Atlanta. I did a strict daily podcast in my basement and it was opened up to everybody and it was 10 bucks a month and it, it was paying my mortgage. It, it was wonderful. So then in Portland, I learned there's, you could do paywall with the podcast, Twitter and Facebook, that'll keep you alive. And that's what I did. More of this air check session is next. Are you ready to tell some stories from the studio and beyond? We'd love to hear them. Email aircheckme at gmail.com to join Rich DeSisto and Paul Kelly on Aircheck, a podcast about radio's personality from radio personalities. From Philadelphia to the internet, Portland, Atlanta, and then Cincinnati. Well, here we are atop of Frogs Mountain. Is that where we landed? That's where we are. Thomas, my, that's Thomas over there. My name is Kid Chris. Uh, welcome to it, and thank you for uh, tuning in and being a part of it. I know uh, it's going to be weird in the beginning and stuff, so, but I did uh, prepare a, a statement. I uh, promise to bring you the show that will make you laugh. Laugh at the fact that it's a failure. <laughs> it's true. 
As a matter of fact, Pete Rose has already placed a bet that we will be gone in six months, so why waste some time? Thank you very much. Consider this our goodbye. Uh, we are honored to be a part of the legendary WEVN and excited to be given a chance to be part of your lives every day, okay? So thank you very much. Well, you can't get away from it, Chris. You are a morning guy and eight years and counting in Cincinnati doing mornings at WEBN, your longest run in one spot. And I'm guessing that, that this time in your career and in your life as a husband and a dad, maybe those roles have kind of changed your way of thinking or perhaps forced you to, again, adapt for a different reason. I mean, I could be wrong, but maybe you've taken what you've done in the past and kind of molded it uh, into, well, I don't want to say a more mature presentation, but but you've learned, right? And, and you've grown from the past. Uh, well, I mean, it's funny because like now, and I think being, uh, you know, older and also like, yes, being a, a family guy and being married and stuff and be able to sit back and look at things more. I, I appreciate everywhere I've gone because, you know, I mean, these people hired me. So that alone is awesome. In the past, I, I've, I've just a, a vicious character. Um, because, you know, I didn't know what I was doing half the time. Moving to mornings in Philadelphia, I, I, I sold out. So I was angry and I, I was vicious. I, I attacked people for no reason. The past couple of years, I have uh, spent time. And I think this is from, you know, being a father, going back and, uh, and apologizing to people behind the scenes for things I have done. I've reached out to, I mean, even on the, uh, uh, the President Steve show, I don't know those guys. When I was in Philadelphia, I just attacked them because that was my, that was my marching orders. But things did get out of hand and things were said on the radio about like Kathy Romano. I, I don't know her. Personally, I've reached out to her. Uh, to say sorry for things that uh, has happened in the past, maybe things I've said or whatever. There's people that I've worked with in Philadelphia that were behind the scenes that I maybe lashed out at that I'd like to to reach out to. I haven't uh, been able to connect to some people, so I won't say them on here, but I'm sure they know who they are because it's a, I, I didn't spend time going after people that I worked with, but there there were a few that we've had little tangles or whatever, but. You know, being a dad now, I don't, I, there's things I just don't go towards. There's things I don't even bother fighting because it's like, what? And I look back and like, God, a lot of this was like, why did I do that? <laughs> but I think we all have that. Unfortunately, mine is on tape uh, and it involved a lot of other people. <laughs> Well, moving forward, here you are. You're you're continuing your success in Cincinnati at WEBN, doing mornings. And yeah. you know, what what's next for you? What what are your goals at this stage of your radio career? What are you looking forward to uh, in the years ahead with your uh, career or with being a family man, with with being a dad? Well, I mean, I where I live now uh, in this house I live in, it's uh, I want my girls to grow up in this. I mean, they're ten and seven, so if I could do ten, just. 10 years here, I will be happy. We're already, at, I'm playing with the house's money right now as far as being here in Cincinnati. So, so far it's a win. I'll be upset if we, if it ends, but man, I, I have two more years left. So if I could, if, if to my next deal, so that, that'd be 10 years here, which is insane. If I could do another 10, that would be awesome. Um, I'd be happy with that. Now, the only, they would have to chase me out of here. I don't have an agent anymore. I don't mess with money stuff. I mean, I'm the worst negotiator because my last contract, I just told them, change the dates. I don't care. It, it just I just want to stay. That was it. I'm the worst negotiator. One thing, if they came to me or it would have to be this company because they're the biggest, but and said, hey, we want you to work with, with 
talent. There's a lot of guys out there that are, I don't know, I don't know if I want to do this or there's no one talking to me because everybody's so busy. There's no program directors that sit with talent anymore. You know, they, they don't, they just don't have time, which is not anybody's fault. It's just, that's the way it is. But I love jocks. I love shows and I love listening to guys. And there's some people, there's some shows in our company that I, I, I talk to and stuff. And I've reached out to them because, you know, well, there's one show to reach out to me. It's like, oh, I like your show. I want to, you know, to talk to you. And I kind of feel the way my advantage is, is I, I think I'm the last guy that's traveled across the country and has been fired and has dealt with everything, all the formats and stuff. I, I don't think there's anybody left that has done that. So it's like, look, man, I'm one of you, and I died on the cross <laughs> several times. So you got to trust me when I tell you, I don't know if that's a good idea. Or, you know, well, let's try this. I think this will be funny. Or a lot of stuff I find when I talk to these guys, uh, uh, like off the radio, there's a talented show out in uh, in Portland, Oregon, and these guys are super, super good. They have like a, they had a good riff with this girl that worked in promotions and stuff. And I remember saying to them, you got to hire her, man. She's really, really good on the air. And they hired her and she is excellent. And I, and I want to be able to be the, that, that guy that's not listening because, oh, you didn't break it at a certain time. You know, that's because that's what we run into now. It's like you got to break it the quarter after or it ruins the ratings and stuff. You know, th that's all stuff that they already know. Let's talk about connecting with the, you know, with the guys on your show and, and bleeding those guys of all the best material and stuff. But I would love to work with shows and jocks, like afternoon guys and night guys and stuff, because there's so much that can still be done that is getting neglected, which is kind of a bummer. You know. Well, you make all great points. I mean, just the path that you, me, and Paul went down is a different path than what is available today. Good talent, always hard to find, no question. Much more difficult now. And I would love to see not only more talent coaches, but new opportunity for the bench, the upcoming new talent that's going to take radio to another 50 years. we got to give them something to be excited about, too. I teach at a multimedia trade school, so I totally get what you're saying. So, yeah, Kid Chris the Talent Scout. I love it. Did you make up those business cards yet? No. Maybe they'll hear this and they'll hit me up. You know, because I'll tell you what, I am much better at listening to the radio than doing it. <laughs> I would love just to listen to these guys and give them notes. And I, and that's another thing, too. It's like I like to listen to I love radio so much. and I like to listen to it. And I like to hear stuff that is where I, I can shut off my brain and just enjoy someone else and what their presentation is. And, and I love that. I love that so much. And I don't know if there's enough of that with management and stuff now because they're so busy doing other things and, you know, dealing with the, the sales department and with Corona going on, that's a huge deal right now. So you know, I would love to be that guy for them, just to be that, that connection between the management and the talent, because let's be honest, talent, they don't want to hear from the management guys. I, I, I understand when management says, we, we want them to do this, do that, do that. I can soften it and then deliver it to the talent and be like, hey, man, let's try this. You know, I'm not going to go, they, they think you, you suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, you know, we could we could deliver it and soften the blow to the talent because look, we're wounded ducks, all of us. We're afraid of our own shadows. So I know how to talk to these guys, and um, hopefully down the road, there's still a radio industry where I can be involved in that way. You know, Kid Chris, the conduit consultant. Yes, Th that's the thing. I don't want to use the word consultant. I just want to be like a. Your radio pal. Well, you could call yourself the radio insultant. <laughs> yeah, right. The insultant. No, I, I've done that the past 20 years. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, all kidding aside, I, I want to take an opportunity here to to thank you for your time, man. Uh, you know, I miss you. I, I I enjoyed your show in Philadelphia, working side by side with you, and and being a listener to the show. I, I thought it was good radio, great radio. It was fun to see it from the inside out, uh, yeah. and also listen to it from the outside in. But uh, you know, you've you've obviously have gone on from the Philadelphia market, and and you know, created a uh, continue to create a, a great career for yourself, and to spend the time with Paul and I on this air check session, I appreciate it and. Uh, best of luck to you first of all you know thanks rich you know i miss uh, working with you and stuff because it brings back some fun times and, and you know experimental times too and, and paul it was nice meeting you man uh i, I love talking radio stuff um this is i was so looking forward to this i mean i talked about it on my show i talked about it with friends i'm like i can't believe this is better than getting any kind of like a radio award for real. I love this. Well, I want to thank you as well, Chris. Uh, you're your morning guy. You're very busy. Uh, you're a family guy, a couple of kids. Uh, you gave Rich and me tons of time here today. So I want to say thank you for that. And whenever I get to Cincinnati, make sure the uh, station's got a trade set up with the Esoteric Brewery so we can uh, go and knock some back. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, by the time Corona's over and you get here, I think we'll be out of business. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, thanks again, man. Oh. This was great. Let's keep in touch, all right? Yes, thanks, guys. I really, really appreciate it, man. Kid Chris, 22 years of radio fun and still going strong. Definitely someone I like to knock back beers with. Whole lot of fun. Air Check Season 2 continues. Air Check sessions are lined up with radio group owner and Country Radio Hall of Fame member Kirby Comfer, radio vet turned media consultant Lori Lewis, whose aliases included Lori Lloyd, Randy, Andy Summers, and from the Bubba the Love Sponge show, Anita Wad, plus the creator of the classic rock radio format, consultant Fred Jacobs. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash aircheckme. Say hi, tell us what you think, or if you have a favorite episode. You can stream or download every episode of Aircheck on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, and you can also ask your smart speaker to play Aircheck Podcast. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you subscribe, and also give us a great rating, too. This is Rich DeSisto. And I'm Paul Kelly. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Appreciate you sitting in for this episode of AirCheck, a podcast about radio's personality from radio personalities. We're into season two and more on the way for you. Got questions, comments, or want to be on an upcoming episode? Email aircheckme at gmail.com. Musical props go to Chris Gordon. Announcer props. (laughs) That's me, Greg O'Brien, the OB. AirCheck seasons one and two available now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. You can also listen on your smart speaker. Just say, Alexa, play AirCheck Podcast, or OK Google, play AirCheck Podcast. AirCheck is the creation of RDPK Productions.